Hello and welcome to OU's Nach Yomi. You can find this year posted at ouradio.org/nach or on my website ericlevy.com under the recording section. Hi, this is Rabbi Eric Levy, and I am pleased to bring to you Sefer Eo of the Book of Job, Chapter Eight, Parak Chet. Vayan bildad ha-shuchi vayomar, and now. The second of Eov's guests has his say, and he is going to be a bit more direct and harsh than the first guest Eliphaz was. Ad'an timalel ele, v'ruach kabir imre ficha. Until when are you going to speak these things? The words of your mouth are like a great wind. Not in the positive sense, of course, but like a blowhard. Ha'el yavet mishpat, v'im shaddai yavet sedek. Would God distort what is just? Would God shaddai... Distort what is right? How dare you, Eo, say that your destruction is unfair? And now he goes right for the jugular. If your son sinned against him, then he sent them away because of their sins. Now, sent them away is a euphemism. Obviously, they were killed. But um, even though Bildad is using the hypothetical if they sinned, I doubt that he's really leaving any room for doubt whatsoever. Bildad is essentially saying, instead of complaining about the injustice of it all, accept that it is in fact just, and try using your mouth in the correct manner, instead of complaining about God or to God, try the following. If you pray to God and you beg for grace from him, from Shaddai, from God, and if you are pure and just, now he, God, will flutter over you and restore your righteous home. I translated Yair, Yair Alecha, as to flutter over like a bird flutters over its chicks to protect them while they're in their nest, as in the verse, Kinesher Yair Kino, like a eagle or like a vulture flutters over its uh, its nest. If you pray, if you turn to God and admit your guilt, even though your beginnings are very low, later you will be raised up very high. So the advice is, admit you did wrong, admit your children died for their sins, pray to God and he'll fix up everything all right. Now, as I mentioned, each of these friends backs up their logic by claiming that he has a solid foundation for the logic. Eliphaz, if you remember, saw his in a vision, in a prophecy. Bildad, on the other hand, says he heard it from the wise men of yore. Indeed, ask now from the first generation, i.e. from the elders, and note here that the Aleph in Rishon is missing. As I mentioned, the Aleph very often disappears in, not very often, but occasionally disappears in the book of Eov. And base yourself on the investigations, L'cheker Avotam, of their fathers. That is, you have to look back at what the old wise men say, and this is what they say, or actually before what they say, he'll, um, uh, uh, Bildad argues, Ki t'mol anachnu because we are only from yesterday, i.e., we're just babes in the woods, so we know nothing. Our Days are but shadows on the earth, i.e. short and fleeting. So he's using Eov's own logic, his own assertion that based on the fleeting nature of man, not that he shouldn't be punished, but that he understands so little uh, without the accumulated wisdom of the elders, he should therefore rely on traditional answers 
and not try to come up with uh, with uh, new ones. Hello, heim yorucha yomerulach mili bam yotziu milim. Isn't it true that they will instruct you, these elders, the words of the elders, they will speak to you, and from their minds, the word lev here means mind uh, or intellect, they send out their words. And now, finally, the words of the ancient wisdoms or uh, or of the elders. Does do, do reeds grow proud and strong without being in the mud? Do rushes rise up without being in the water? It should not, that is the reeds and rushes, should not be plucked while they are still young, or they will dry up, or it will dry up faster than other kinds of harvests. And now the resolution of this ancient wise parable. That is what happens to those who forget God. It's as if they remove themselves out of his nourishing soil. The irreligious will lose all hope. He who relies on cobwebs, who puts his trust on a spider web. The word Kislo in this case means to rely on or to give hope to. Yakot is probably parallel to a Beit Achavish, so I translated cobwebs. Uh, gossamer threads is another possibility. Some see it as a verb, actually, a share Yakot Kislo, that it will cut down his hope. But uh, I think that the uh, translation of cobwebs works out pretty well. He who leans on his house, that is, his false house, his house of webs, cobwebs, and spider webs, it does not support him. He grabs onto it, and he cannot stand or pull himself up. That is to say, anyone who relies on anything but God when he's in a fallen state cuts himself out from the source of life and essentially relies on something that, that will give him no purchase and no ability to, to to recover whatsoever. And now, from verse 16 to 19, we have a new metaphor, a metaphor of an, of a tree, an uprooted tree, or of a powerfully growing plant like ivy. Some, like Rashi, see this new metaphor as equivalent or, or very similar to the previous metaphor of the uprooted reeds and rushes. And therefore, the, uh, he says that, Rashi says that this refers to a sinner who has abandoned God who's pulled up his roots out of God. Uh, others like the Mitsuda see a brand new metaphor which refers actually to righteous people, that this is describing a good person. I'll try to explain it both ways, although I tend to agree with the Mitsuda for reasons which uh, hopefully you will see. Ratov hu lifne shamesh ganato yonakto It, that is the tree or the ivy, remains moist against the sun, and from its garden its shoots come out. That is, it grows powerfully. It grow, its roots grow over the gal, which apparently mean a heap of stones rather than a spring of water. So they, they, they are like not, um, deterred by, uh, by stones that get in their way. They just grow right over it. And, Getting back to the Pasuk, Beit Avanim Yechazen reaches over or sees over the stone house. And the sense here is a powerful growth which cannot be uh, thwarted. Now, if it is uprooted from its place, this powerful growing tree or ivy, to the point that the place lies about it and says, I never saw you i.e. even if the tree is so thoroughly removed and uprooted that it's as if it was never there, hain hum is so starko, umeafar acher 
Yitzmachu. See, this will be its happy life, that it will grow from a different soil. That is to say, that a person who trusts in God casts, creates such strong roots that even if it is uprooted from one place, that by planting it in a different location, it will take root and continue or grow again. And Bildad essentially is saying that this is what lies in store for Eov if he stops acting like a reed and starts acting like a tree. Now, Rashi translates me'afar acher yitzmachu, which means from the original soil, another will grow, that is another new person, as opposed to the old one whose roots were pulled out, who will be completely lost. And this makes the metaphor similar to the metaphor of the river rushes. But I prefer the Mitsuda here and read it as me'afar acher, kama yitzmachu, from different soil, it will grow, i.e. it will grow again. Uh, it, I, I also think something points to, supports the Mitsuda uh, um, view of this, which is the word hain, behold, which is at the conclusion of the tree metaphor, and it matches the hain of the next verse, which is certainly talking about righteous people in verse 20. Hain el lo yimas tam lo yachazik im. See, God will not abandon and disgust the flawless. Remember, Eov was called the Tom in the original uh, two chapters. He, God, will not support the machinations of the wicked. Ad until laughter will fill your mouth and your lips will be will fill with shouts of joy. Those who hate you will be cloaked in shame and the tent or the families after the Arabic word ahal, which means family. The ohel of rishaim enenu, the families of the wicked will cease to exist. Now, we haven't met any enemies actually of Eov, unless you want to count those people that attack their uh, the, the children or, or, and, and his pro, and his flocks and produce, but that doesn't really make sense because they were really kind of faceless people. So who are these enemies? And therefore, once again, I see a hint of a threat. Uh, Eov concluded his last chapter by wishing he would cease to exist. He said, Vashikhartani, free me up, ve'ineni, and I will no, no longer exist. So Bildad, by using the same words, e'nenu, that he will cease to exist, seems to be saying that if Eov and his family do in fact cease to exist, that will prove him to be a sinner because that's what God does to the wicked. He causes them to cease to exist. As opposed to if Eov survives and maintains, that will prove that he's righteous. So Bildad says, essentially, either you're with God or you're against him.